0: How are we doing, oh. Keegan? Oh, Keegan is fighting the cold, but he's doing well because the dog just signed the number one class
1: in the nation, according to most It is definitely a happy Wednesday for Dog Nation, just like that. Hey. National Signing Day has come and gone. Hey. Me, always, it is Keegan Chanel and me, of course, I'm Cheeto Chuguye. Welcome back, Dog Nation, to post-National Signing Day, and this. Is dogs off the leash? We sure got to leave. I with do the dogs. So, Keegan, I, I don't know how eventful National Signing Day was for you, but it's it's kind of weird now with the early signing period and then the regular day. I don't think there was even, like, a lot of coverage on, you know, how they used to do, like, ESPN. It was, like, a whole channel dedicated to it. But with the early signing day, there wasn't a whole lot of that this year.
0: Yeah, it is a little weird.
1: You know it actually reminds
0: me of, and I'm just thinking of this now, is, like,
1: Black Friday
0: like ten years ago versus Black Friday now like if you go to yeah. stores it's like dead because everyone's already done their shopping online and I I feel like I feel like it's like the same thing with uh, National Signing Day it's like most of these kids know shoot we got guys you know in middle school like committing and stuff so it just it's really got drug out but it's you know nonetheless an uh, exciting day and you know now we there's no surprises the uh, the rug metaphorical rug is getting swept under our feet and we you know can really get a good look at this class and I'm I'm feeling good about it man. How what
1: what do you uh what do you have to say about what <laughs> I, I love the I love the Black Friday metaphor. With Saturday Monday now most people just stay in. It's not even a big deal. They're just like, you know, I'm chilling and that's <laughs> I mean it is essentially that. Now there are a few people I think that are left unsigned to a few schools but for the most part most recruiting recruiting classes have been uh wrapped up. Now, uh, before we, you know, hop into the, the players that I want to highlight from this year's class, 2020, um, a lot of people aren't um, really invested in recruiting. They, they're not really aware of – your average fan is not really aware of it until a lot of these guys come onto campus and play, unless they're, like, the big-name star. So the people that live for this year-round, which is happening in SEC football these days, it's a year-round thing, 24-7 sports and rivals.com those are going to be your main recruiting websites you do have espn and you do have scout.com now really the only difference among them is uh, they rank players different therefore a higher ranking for certain players will change uh, a class's ranking as well now from what I looked at 24 7 sports is a lot harder with their rankings for example you may be a five-star, according to Rivals.com, but you'd be, like, legit, legit before you get five stars for 24-7 sports. So that changes the rankings a little bit. But last I checked, which was earlier today, Rivals and 24-7 both had UGA as the number one uh, ranked class in the nation.
0: So
1: no. good, day, good day for the dogs. And just to kind of give you the little differences that there are, Clemson is number two in Rivals. And Alabama is number two in 24-7, and then vice versa, opposite poles. So it, it, you see how it changes a little bit, but nonetheless, the dogs rule the day. So a lot to be excited about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like both of the, like the ones you were mentioning are kind of like old school. I remember – like if you had your face on the cover of rivals or 24 step back, like when we were in high school, it was like, you know, you were just you know, the next coming, you're very official. And I feel like, I feel like the main thing with like ESPN, although they do a good job and they really do keep up with, you know, recruiting and all that. And it's a, it's a good resource. It's just like, I think they're a little bit more into the headline, like the sexy headlines of who's good, who's not good. And we'll see. I feel like, one thing I really like was thinking about before you called is just how, no matter what, it's all about what happens on the field, and it's just like, I think we, I think over under this is my question to you. Do you think we put too much emphasis on recruiting or not enough? What do you? That's a, well, cool question I have. <laughs> like, so
1: let me, let me, <clears throat> I guess that's kind of a hard question to ask because there's, there's never one right answer. But what I will say is if you look at, for the most part, who's won the championship in the last 10 years, go through all of those teams. You know, you go Clemson, you go Alabama, you go Ohio State, and LSU this year, whatever have you. All of those teams, you're going to find, you know, the few years prior they had recruiting classes in the top five, essentially. Nick Saban, half of his legacy is destroying recruiting but also getting done on the field. So you might have a good class, but that doesn't guarantee championships. But if you don't have really good players, that almost guarantees that when you meet those other teams with those high recruits that a lot of times you're going to get beat. Now there are the exceptions, you know, coaches and schemes also matter. But I would say you want the best players more times than not, but there's no guarantee
0: I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment. I feel like recruiting is, for me, it's like one of these things that I get really excited about, and it gives me something to feel good about, especially if, like, this last season. I mean, we had a good season, but we didn't end up quite where we wanted, and now we can you know, kind of have a silver lining looking into next year. And I just think about, you know, I think back on some of my favorite recruits and players, and it's just interesting to see how guys trend, and that's what I was following is, like, Okay, yeah, you were the best player in the nation in high school, but you know, what do you what do you bring to the table, you know, and like, like a lot of just like anything else, you know, a lot of people players, they get complacent, you know, they they might they might not get you know, they might do the opposite of that, they might really double down, you know, like someone like, you know, Todd Gurley, you know, one of the most electric players out of U J in the last, you know, five or ten years, you know, is a four star. But Goodness, I mean, he he should have been six star. Exactly,
1: he- exactly. Same thing with Nick Chubb. I mean, all pro in the NFL. Uh, it, it happened for both Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb. It's funny because Sony Michelle went higher or was rated higher than Todd and or I'm sorry was rated higher than Chubb. And then Keith Marshall was rated higher than Todd Gurley. Now Sony right. Michelle's made a good name for himself. Keith Marshall had injuries, so your ranking doesn't it doesn't cement your your tra- tra- your trajectory right, right. And it happens all the time, so there's no guarantee. But, um, you know, you want that star just tells you, you know, how talented you are coming to that next level and how productive you've been at the high school level and, you know, what where, where, what you should look like. So, it, it's a it's a what do they call it? it's a balancing act. I mean, it's a science, but it's not a it's not a perfect science, right?
0: Right, exactly, and, I, yeah. and that's. That's what I love about it is just, you know, seeing guys come in, seeing where they end up, uh, kind of following the stories and just kind of, you know, that's that's really kind of part of it now is, like, I feel like there's a lot more emphasis and relationship between the fans and the players themselves, like, for their, you know, their personality's sake. Because maybe right. like, back in the day you might have known some guys and maybe you knew some, you know, a couple of people personally on the team. But now we can – Follow their social media. I know, uh, is, it, is it Milton, the running back? Yeah, right. Yeah, All
1: Kendall.
0: Right. Yeah, Kendall Milton. You know, he's just a clever, leadership kind of outspoken dude. Like you get to kind of actually like see his personality, and it's cool like being able to follow the recruits as they come in and getting to know them as like on a personal level. That's really cool, and I, uh, I love uh, you know thinking about that and just kind of following where it goes and. You know, I I got really you know as excited as we can be about all these five four stars. The the hype is really real, and when you get a number one ranking like we're seeming to get, you know, most people are kind of giving us that right now. I feel like you know one of my favorite things on a day like today is looking down the list and looking at the three stars, the two stars that the coaches have traveled near and far to offer because they saw something and they saw that potential. And I feel like that is where Kirby and Georgia has, have really put themselves in an elite company. Is not just in recruiting, but developing guys and you know taking taking uh, potential and really you know molding it into something great. And you know that we, we're seeing that more and more. And that's that's really what I love about like national signing it, is Yeah, following that.
1: And, and that's the most important part. Coaches they're watching this film. They're not thinking about the stars. And something that I did. You know, since I got into recruiting, if, if you want to see how good somebody is, go to their highlights, their junior year, their senior year. Uh, Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb are a perfect example because although they're four stars, if you watch their films, they were breaking tackles, juking defenders, and constantly 40-yard runs, 50-yard runs, 60-yard runs for touchdowns. Yeah. If you're doing that at the high school level, that almost always translates at, at the college level to, you know, 20-yard run, 30-yard run, right? And then at the NFL level, 15-yard. ten. Yards. So that, that's kind of how it uh, cascades into the next level. If you're, getting, if you're not breaking tackles and having big runs at the high school level, you're, gonna, you're not going to do it at the college level, and you're not going to do it at the NFL. So going back and watching Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, they destroyed. It was not, it's not even fair. Going back to Reggie Bush, go watch Reggie Bush's highlights in high school. It is unreal. And, obviously, he had a great career. But let's hop into some of the five stars that I'm excited about. You mentioned uh, Kendall Milton, running back from California. Uh, Jalen Carter, uh, defensive tackle from Florida, got his five star uh, from rivals late in the process. But, again, one of those kids that's freaky athletic, but you won't know that until you watch the film. Tate Ratledge from Rome, offensive line. I think he's more of a tackle-type uh, prospect. Uh, Mikhail Sherman. Uh, linebacker out of D.C. I believe he was the uh, number one ranked player out of the District of Columbia. Uh, and then some of the later additions that we had around the All-Star Games was uh, Keeley Ringo, uh, number one uh, cornerback out of Arizona. Huge pickup. Darnell Washington. A lot of people were upset that we didn't get Eric Gilbert, him being from Georgia, but uh, no worries there. We got equally, if not better, uh, Tight end from Las Vegas. This this guy six seven, uh, speed hands. He's one of those guys that's probably going to be successful at the NFL, given that he's got the frame. So if he just picks up any skills, he yeah. should be fine. I feel like this yeah. one of those guys If he if he yeah. comes and works
0: like he's a three star, he'll be exactly. playing like a six star. And I exactly. feel like he's got that kind of game breaking athleticism, and you know all the comparisons we can talk. How he's got a bigger wingspan than LeBron james, how he's <laughs> right he gonzalez meets uh you know Algie Crumpler, like it mm-hmm. it goes on and on, but at the end of the day he's got to come out and you know put his head down and I really to works for him it, absolutely I feel like as far as potential goes I'm really like looking at him as like one of the as far as potential i mean you know I mean you could say what you want about all these guys really, but like it's i I feel like the sky's the limit for this player he's i'm someone someone I'm really excited about and just you just can't stop, you know, a good matchup when you have a tight end that's dominant like that, and I feel like that's kind of what we've, we've been lacking, really since Leonard Pope, you know, and it's been, you know, it's been a hot minute. So uh I'm really excited about that as a longtime Georgia fan to be able to see the tight end position really like, get an elite company. Not to mention we got, you know, Trey McKitty coming in from Florida State, which is just mm-hmm. adds another element, another wrinkle. uh You know, he's a we saw what could happen last year when Lawrence Cager, uh, you know, came in as a, as a transfer. And I guess that's, it's worth mentioning, you know, that we got a couple of guys, uh, uh, Jamie Newman, um, another quarterback, I forget his name, but we, you know, we got some other guys coming in and that's kind of part of this recruit, you know, recruiting cycle for us. And that's, I, and uh, I feel like tied position is just up its, you know, up its its uh, worth in gold a, a good bit. And, Really, just the receiver position in general uh, was huge this year. I mean, you want to kind of tell some of the fans, kind of give them the breakdown on some of our receiving recruits? I mean, I feel like this is probably the the heaviest, you know, as far as receivers, tight ends, receivers included, um, class I've ever heard of, maybe period, but definitely as a Georgia fan.
1: I definitely couldn't agree with you more on the tight end position. Uh, especially when you're a freak like that because you're too fast for linebackers, too big for defensive backs. Um, and then the wide receivers, um, as far as analyzing this roster, it's pretty balanced across uh, across the board um, with stars at major positions, which I went through. And before I forget, also Broderick Jones was the big signee for today that really, um, you know, uh, cemented the offensive line which was huge for new coach uh, offensive line coach Matt Luke Um, but going back to the wide receiver position so this year that just passed we really struggled because we lost four or five wide receivers to the NFL really struggled with separation really struggled um, with drops you know just just young at the wide receiver position and Coley didn't help that but uh, we have so much versatility and speed at wide receiver this year now we don't have any five stars, um, but that's fine. We got George Pickens coming back, but Marcus Roseme, uh, Arian Smith, Jermaine Burton, uh, Justin Robinson at six four, and Lab McConkey, who's actually from uh, Chatsworth, which is right down the road. So we getting a lot of buzz up here in North Georgia. But um, these guys are speed are demons. I mean, they—they some of them run track. Uh, I think Arian Smith was the one who actually won fastest man at one of the all-star uh, combines or, oh, yeah. or have you? These guys are going to be a perfect complement to what we already have at wide receiver. We've got Demetrius Robinson coming back for a year. We'll have Dominique Blaylock when he's healthy, recovering from that uh, ACL, I believe it was. Um, a lot of young talent already on the roster, and a lot more coming in. So um, we, we it, it's going to be it's going to be really impressive. If the hires that Kirby has made turn out even half of what we're expecting as Georgia fans, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Uh, I don't know how you felt about the roster, but were there any areas that you felt like outside of wide receiver that we really addressed this year? Well but we got like nine of eleven guys coming back on defense.
0: Right? Yes. Yeah, and and then we, we really added we have, you know, some good guys waiting in the wings uh, as far as, like, secondary positions are concerned. But we really added depth. You know, you mentioned uh, getting the number one quarterback in the nation. Uh, you know, we got that flip, uh, the, the the branch kid. He flipped. Yes. That was huge
1: for the depth. <laughs> no. Go ahead. Kirby flipping the switch out here.
0: Yeah. And, that, and that's, like, Kirby being, you know, a former defensive back himself, you know, you know, the pressers and he, he talks really just about the importance of really always having depth at that position because it, it just, it goes far. And, you know, one of the things that I wrote down that I really thought was remarkable, um, is that, you know, they, Georgia, we were the one of the only teams in the country to play, you know, 37 players, a hundred snaps or more on defense. And that's why, you know, people, we, we can really have players buy in and be able to get these kind of huge recruiting classes that we do, you know, and granted, we're going to lose, you know, some of these guys, if you look back at the last few years of recruiting, you know, we lose guys to attrition, we lose guys to injuries, some people unfortunately get in trouble,
1: mm-hmm. you know, some
0: of these people we're talking about right now might not, you know, make it, but yeah, don't even yeah. have a career here, right, but that's, you know, even more reason to recruit deeply, and, you know, we we get people on the field, so it's not that these players aren't playing, there's plenty of reason and room to prove yourself at UGA. And, you know, the best players end up playing. So oh, and I, I love I, that. I trust Kirby for that. And I really think they've done a good job. But uh, as far as, just, you know, position groups, you know, you already mentioned wide receivers. We really, you know, struggled this year, um, especially with Cager, like getting injured. And, by the way, I found out, just looked it up, uh, Lawrence Cager was a three-star and look he you know was our after some development was our
1: go-to and that was after yeah. remember Jeremiah Holloman got dismissed so you know it, it does happen just like you said it definitely happens so death is good
0: absolutely so uh yeah you know I feel like so we really need to uh you know address the offensive line I thought like that was one of the major you know position groups we got Broderick Jones I mean just an absolute Haas. Uh yeah. One of the, the three stars I'm really high on, uh, Devin Willick. Uh, I think he's what from up north or something like that. But he's pushing six seven. Just a a mass a massive man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know he's he's a three star, but I mean you get you get that guy some feet, some good footwork. <laughs> you know that's all it takes. Like footwork and leverage on the offensive line. So. that's a big old yeah. boy. A lot of potential there, yeah. It was a big hog molly up front, as the old uh, Madden commentator would say. But, yeah, I just feel like we we addressed the offensive side of the ball with, you know, the wide receivers. We got some depth coming in at QB. Uh, we You know, and that was a cool story, too, you know, getting Champ's son. That was kind of a late ad. He's going to be a preferred walk-on. Just I think that's a good story for UJ, and it just kind of speaks to the family atmosphere, you know, the fact that, Uh, Will Muschamp, coaching at South Carolina, former player at Georgia, obviously his son, close ties to Kirby. You know, they're very close families. Uh, And I think it's just, you know, kind of the open-door mentality, and it'd be cool to see, like, what he adds, you know, later on. I don't know if he'll
1: ever really see this. You might have to check me on this, but I think um, uh, uh, Muschamp's son, I think he's a a 2021 guy. You might have to check on that. But – that does say a lot about. Um, nope,
0: he's uh, 2020. I'm looking at oh, it. this
1: year. He came. Yeah. He, he was late edition for this year.
0: Yeah, so that's an, you know, another kind of like fun story. Just something added on a little cherry on top. Getting that flip earlier, uh, and you know, I really feel like we, we're getting the players that we want. Now we didn't get everyone, but where we didn't, we really made up. Um, and I feel like the offensive line and. The wide receiver groups were the, the main ones, and you know everything. And then everything else is just like cherries on top, as far as I'm concerned. As far as position groups,
1: O line was definitely a big day too because we got the number one center this year, and I'm calling him SBPG. Um, I, I can't even remember his whole name right now, but I'm calling it SBPG from Louisiana. And we also got the number one center last year, so a lot of a lot of backup coming in to O line. And then just on Will Muschamp's son, I think that says a lot about Georgia's program. If your dad's the head coach, which, you know, maybe didn't want him to go – maybe didn't want to go play under his dad, but that dad would give him the green light to go play at a program like Georgia. You know, I think that says a lot about the state of the program. Obviously, Will Muschamp and Kirby are good friends, but even more so, like, he trusts his son with Kirby. I think that says a lot about Kirby. Me too. And, and yeah, and then – If you want to look at these five stars, I think something that really stuck out to me is that, you know, when Kirby got here and even when Mark was here, you know, the mantra was just close off the borders to Georgia. Georgia has so many good players that if we stick with our homegrown guys, we'll be straight. And a lot of times that is true. But also we've seen players from Georgia go to different programs. You know, you see uh, Trevor, obviously, at Clemson. Justin Fields came here but left. Uh, and then a lot of p- players, uh, Robert Kindichi, a lot of the Grayson guys, I don't know what it is over there, but they go to different schools like almost all the time. Yeah. But this year's recruiting class was not limited to Georgia at all. Kirby is literally plucking the top players out of other states. And notably from states that are better than us in recruiting, which there's not many, Florida and California. Uh, Kendall Milton from California. Jalen Carter, Florida. Um, Keely Ringo, Arizona the tight end Darnell Washington, Vegas, uh, and Mikel Sherman, D.C. So it's one thing if we're getting Georgia's best players, but if we're coming to your state and taking right. your best player too, that's a problem. Well, in SEC, but for the nation.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's something, an area that we have really stepped it up. I mean, we've, we've had that national recruiting, uh, you know, kind of vibe for sure, even with Rick, but I feel like we are just on another level. The fact that we have. One, uh, two, three, three or four big name players from the state of Louisiana, and you know having uh, LSU just win the national title just kind of nice. makes it even even more sweet to be able to recruit. Uh, I'm looking at the list: one, two, three, two players from Texas. Oh, yeah, three players from Texas, including the. The kicker, Jared Zirkle. Uh, I mean, three from Texas. I mean, we we really are reaching into these pockets that have known to be really rich. And one thing, man, I was just looking at this, all the players we got, and I can honestly say this is the biggest, like, not like hype or uh, anything else, but literal size. This has got to be the biggest recruiting class I think Georgia's ever had. I think I think we got, like, two people under six foot. Most of these guys are 6'2", six, 6'3". Plenty at six four, six. We just have a
1: huge
0: class. I feel like our size is just ridiculous. Like, I think yeah. the kicker's
1: pretty big too. Last I checked, I think even the kickers are <laughs> pretty 6'3", <laughs> three. You know, yeah, I mean, even even the kickers straight. So I mean, no Kirby Kirby's bringing them in, bro. Like it's a it's a really good time to be a Georgia Bulldog, and I know a lot of people aren't um, aren't sold on Kirby in game coaching quite yet. And he, he, he's got to prove that. So I'll give them a little bit of that. But as far as, you know, managing a roster and all of the little details that go into building a championship team, Kirby Kirby has done an outstanding job the last, the last three, four years. I mean, we number one, 2018, 19, and 20, I mean, I think we're on the way. He gets it. Like He
0: knows what it takes. He, he's been there before. He's learned from arguably the best coach on, you know, this side of Bear Bryant. Uh, Nick Saban, and just to be able to take that experience and to be able to recruit like he's been able to do is just remarkable but i you know I agree with you, he's got some stuff to prove, but what's cool about it is, is you know he's and we're gonna get into it on another episode, but he's you know bringing in his coaches, he's keeping coaches that are doing well, he's promoting from within he's really you know he's not just he's not playing it so uh so far away where he's kind of far removed like a true like head ball coach kind of style but he really is like bringing in people to help on the in-game decisions and stuff and you know maybe you know as you know there's only so many elite recruiters there's only so many elite in-game coaches now the the number of coaches that are both are you can maybe count them on one hand you know you got Jimbo Fisher Maybe you could say D- Dabo, but I, I don't know enough about him. But you know, Nick Saban, like, there's a few guys you can really say that are kind of in that conversation for being a you know an elite coach at the in-game decisions and at a recruiting level. But
1: you don't have to do it all. You know what I mean? Like, you, you well, it's for, hard to for, do it all, and that's actually exactly. a perfect transition because Kirby has shown his prowess on the recruiting trail, but now it's it's time. To win a championship. Now we do have an SEC uh, championship in hand. It's been two years, but we've played for uh, played for it three three years in a row now. So, sure. in your opinion, realistically, how much longer with you know with these top three back to back to back recruiting classes? How much longer do you think or expect or want Kirby to take before we get this coveted national championship?
0: Well, I think I think. As great as that question is, and as, as much as I want to be this year, you know, and say that, I'm gonna be honest. I feel like if you can put yourself in the conversation, and you can recruit at like a high level like we have, you're 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 gonna be where you want to be because at the end of the day, things happen. Like people get hurt. People, you know, Auburn that one year it was just their year. We saw some crazy games from them, some crazy finishes. Yeah, right. things that are gonna take place, but you you got to do everything you can control to put yourself in those positions. So I feel like in the next three years we're gonna be in the conversation. I feel like we have a very high chance of being in the playoffs in the next three years. We have a a, a pretty dang high chance of being in the championship game for each year, and we have a a really good chance of being a champion in the next three years. I feel like this could be our year. I feel like we got some. Uh, We'll see how the offense kind of shakes out, and we'll talk more about, uh, you know,
1: Todd Munkin. Is that Munkin? Yeah, Todd Munkin is the new OC. And, um, I mean, when you say chance, like, I I agree with you. But that the case, everyone, it takes a lot of luck and a lot of talent and a schedule and things to shake out for every team. So many
0: factors.
1: It's So many factors. But the same can be said about Clemson next year. Same can be said about Ohio State. But I still like those teams as the favorite because what they put on the field this year was good. They had a lot of returning pieces, and they have their best pieces coming back in Trevor and Justin Fields. Now, why I think Georgia should be in the conversation and how, you know, really with the talent that we have, anything less than appearing in the national or appearing in the SEC championship game um, would be a bust. But we've done that. But now it's time to take the next step. And for Georgia, if you look back at all of our teams, it's always been. We we're always usually pretty good or elite on one side of the ball. Right. Back when Aaron Murray and them were here, and we lost to Alabama. Our offense under Bobo was you know was great, thirty five points uh, a game, but our defense, our our running defense was just terrible, just atrocious. So we lost. And you know, as the past two years, our defenses have been elite. Our defense was probably the best I've seen it in. 10-plus years this year,
0: but I are
1: going get it done. What we're about to walk into, I'm hoping and I'm praying, is the defense is fine under Kirby, not worried about that. But if Munkin can come in and just make this offense, I mean, it, I'm, it, you don't even have to do too much. I'm talking like 25, 28, 30 points a game. We're going to be hard to beat. So uh, if we can just find a year or find the cohesiveness between the offense and defense, I think it's going to be uh, a big problem, and uh, like you said, Kirby is trying to make those changes. He's being proactive instead of reactive um, starting now, and I think that may lead to some more success. I don't want to be ungrateful and act like 12 and 2 or 12 and 3. It's not a good season because we're having good seasons, but right. I mean, Georgia fans will all agree, like, we want we want a, a Clemson season. We right. want we an LSU season. We want an Auburn season. We, we want to have that special season. I, and I think I think all we can do as
0: fans is just be proud and grateful that we are in the position to perhaps have one of those because we're sitting there talking all these players, but it might just be that Sandy Newman, you know, the biggest recruiting story of the offseason, if things go how we want them to go, this you know, come and fall. And I think we we have all the pieces. You know, the offensive line is going to have to step up. Uh, but we have like elite talent, you know. We got like a strong youth. We got size. Um, we have an elite offensive line coach, and uh, Matt Luke. And you know, the defensive side of the ball, like you said, we're we're pretty we're pretty much bringing everyone back. We've added two. Uh, we got some up and coming stars that people like Nolan Smith that have you know seen the field some. But you know, what when are these guys going to be game breakers? You know, when are they going to take it to that next level or match some of this recruiting hype. Um, And that's just guys that, you know, we have in the wings already, not to mention any of these other guys coming in. So I feel like the defense is straight. The offense has, you know, every reason to be optimistic about. Potential,
1: yeah, Yeah, potential.
0: You know, know, so I feel like that's – my thing as a fan, man, is like things happen, like we're going to lose games, it sucks. But, like, at the end of the day, like if we can put ourselves in that – in that conversation and be able to you know you can have a bad game like you you can be alabama like think about alabama a few years ago you know they could have a bad game but they were so top bottom dominant as far as the like the talent uh you know compared to other teams like they would be able to put you know keep themselves in ball games and sneak out with wins and you know, you don't want to, you don't want it to come to that, but that's usually what it comes down to, There's these kind of end game moments, uh, who caught the ball, who dropped the ball, who jumped offside, you know, and for us, like, I feel like there's only so many things we can control. I can retweet, I can talk Georgia football all day, I'll give high fives, but every now and then I'll get like a, a, I had someone in the car the other day, she, her brother was, uh, thinking about joining Sam Pittman in Arkansas. And I was telling him, well, you know, like, you know, he, he could go to Georgia. You know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna do everything I can to get these recruits <laughs> to, uh, to Athens. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like what we can rest our head on and feel good about is that Georgia is, has been trending upward since Kirby got here. Um, the state of the program, it's not like every few years we're in the conversation like before. We are at the top of the top, the cream of the crop. And we just have to go play. We have to, you know, take that next step and it's it's not gonna be anything but good old fashioned football and I feel like that's what what we're looking forward to this season with all the talent we have coming into the fall. Realistically,
1: the seasons are long and there are drop offs and there are lost games, but as a fan, I, I just, I don't see why there's any reason we can't have a Clemson season or an LSU season or any of that. We're capable of it. We have the roster. We have the coaches. So now it's just about trying to put it together. And, um, you know, Dog been it's been a good day. Uh, we have a number one recruiting class to, to go along with our, our, our stacked squad as it is. Uh, next podcast, we'll hop into some more of the coaching changes and what we can expect from the roster uh, going into uh, the spring and getting ready for. Um, you know the early parts of next season, uh, but you know enjoy it while we enjoy it while we can. It's um, it's always good when you see our coaches, you know, doing what they get paid for. So, uh, dog nation, we appreciate you, Keegan. Appreciate you as always, and sure. um, you know what it is, dogs off the leash, off the leash.